Welcome to episode 268. Have you ever asked the question, why didn't this diet work for me? I hear it all the time. And on this episode, I want to talk to you about framing this question correctly and four reasons why poor diet outcomes might be the case for you. So let's dive in. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. Hey, what's up, my healthy friends? Welcome back to another Coaching with Maddie episode where we're going to dive into another question that I get regularly or have gotten regularly over the last couple of years from people sitting in front of me, from my clients. And so, uh, as well, I guess, if you're a regular listener and you've been sort of building your confidence to have a conversation or reach out, it's a perfect time because in 2023, it's my mission to coach 500 people to stop the binge eating and savage self-talk cycle so they can lose weight whilst feeling in control and without restriction along the way. And the truth is a lot of people that jump into these programs that I run, uh, it's not always weight loss. It can be gut health. It can simply be improving the relationship with food that people need to need to or want to improve in order to have a healthier life. And what I mean by that is that the the place between their ears is a peaceful place to be. And so if any of that resonates with you and you're like, oh, it's, it's time for me to have a conversation with Maddie. I've been listening for a while and I'm starting to build the belief and the idea that this is what I need to do, then please reach out, scroll to the show notes. There'll be a link in there for, to, for you to send me a message uh, and then we can have a conversation. So uh, anyway, that aside, this question today is one that has popped up from lots of clients over the years that have been really successful, that have been somewhat successful, uh, and just other people that have asked the question. Um, and so the question is, why haven't diets worked for me before? Now, you've probably asked this question before and uh, yourself. And so first, I want to start by qualifying, what does that question mean? Because success to you as the individual can mean a whole plethora of different things. For the person that wants to fit into a wedding dress in six weeks, it can mean I dropped weight really fast and then the diet worked. Amazing. However, to other people, it might mean why after eight weeks could I not maintain this level of hunger? And and so, you know, whilst it was really good in the beginning and I quickly lost three or four or five kilos or 10 pounds in, in the first month, why did it fall apart after that, right? And why am I not still able to maintain this down the track? And so people are looking for different explanations and different reasons and different, uh, you know, uh, descriptions of what success means to them. So first, what, what do you mean by it has not worked? And I would encourage you for every diet or every nutrition plan or every practitioner that you work with, if goal setting is not a part of that journey, then it's very difficult to know what did work and what did not work. Now, I'm not huge on the data front. And what I mean by that is, you know, don't count calories and don't weigh food with any of my clients because it's about developing a healthy relationship with food, not an obsessive one. But when it comes to the direction that we're moving, we do need some kind of metric. We need some kind of scale. And I don't mean the scales. Uh, pretty much all of my people don't use the scales at all. Um, and if they do, they, you know, they do it uh, much less in, at, a, at a much lower frequency than they did previously because often the scales ruin your day, as you probably know. So we want to get rid of that shit. Um, but the, but we really want to clarify what does not working look like and what does working look like. Um, and anybody that has reached out and chatted to me about the program knows that we go into this discussion uh, when we chat. It's like, what does success look like? How are we going to get there? 
What does not success look like? What does failure look like? What does this not working at all look like? Because if we can get really clear on those, then we know whether something's working or whether it's not working. And of course, why diets might not have worked for you in the past is one, well, maybe you didn't set a clear goal and so you don't really know if it worked and it and the path to the goal wasn't very clear. Um, but the other elephant in the room is that the diet was shit. <laughs> it was another one of these ridiculous starvation diets that got short-term results and you felt really different for the work first week or two and you were really motivated and then all of the sudden things changed or it didn't fit into your lifestyle or too much changed at once. So there's that factor. But let's move forward thinking, you know, with the idea at least, the belief in this conversation that the diets were functional and that were appropriately supplied with all of the different things that they needed, um, nutritionally speaking. And so the reasons that diets might not have worked before is a couple of things. So is that you might have still been hyper-stressed and stress, I'm trying my best through this podcast to let people know stress is not some fluffy thing that nobody can get their hands on. Like it's, it's a real thing. It's in your body. It's hormones, it's thoughts, it's electrical impulses. Thoughts are not fluffy. They're happening physically inside your head with physical chemicals, physical reactions. Physical stuff is happening in the exact same way that you feeling sick in your stomach because of food you ate is physical. It's, it's just as real. And stress is the same. And stress is about the way we think about the experiences that we have in our life. And so stress, if you're not dealing with that, the thing is your stress prioritizes the sympathetic nervous system. The sympathetic nervous system is your fight, flight, freeze, you know, survival response to, to danger, to threats for, of survival. And so if you're stressed all of the time, which is a very modern day situation, it's, it's not something that was the case in the past. And sure, there was lots of other stresses in the past, but they were less frequent. And so in the modern day, because we've got so much stimulation and input, through phones and sugar and people and organizations and com the complexity of the modern day life is that we're staying in a state of sympathetic nervous system stimulation, which is not the opposite, which is what we want it to be. So the opposite being rest, digest and repair. Your body's not going to fix itself or respond to what you're doing very effectively if you're not in that rest, digest and repair phase for a significant portion of the day, or at least some of the day if you're never in it currently. Now, the other thing is sleep. So sleep is responsible for a lot of your metabolism, right? And so if your sleep is out the window, then you've, got a you've possibly got a dysregulated metabolism because your body has to prioritize the resources that it's got differently in order to be able to stay awake and survive this super stressful life. And remember, those two things, sleep and stress, they usually come together and less sleep equals more stress. So these things are all related and they're not separate from one another, right? Um, and so... The other thing that it affects is your decision-making. Your brain physically withdraws resources from the rational, logical part of your brain, this bit at the front. You can touch it just you know, a couple of inches above your nose, two inches above your nose. So this area here is the prefrontal cortex. And when you're underslept, your, body with, your brain withdraws the resources from this part of the brain because it's trying to conserve energy because you're underslept. And therefore, your logical, rational decision-making goes out the window. Right, So if you're doing a diet or a nutrition program and you're not sleeping well and you can't really stick to what's going on and you drive past the bakery in the morning and you smell that whiff of amazingness enter your face and you're like, oh my God, that's so good. <laughs> and you just say, you know what? I'm going in. I don't even care. Fuck it. Give me all of the croissants and the savory deliciousness, right? But on other days, 
when you're well slept and you're managing your stress in a really healthy way, you can drive past, have that big whiff of amazing smell and still be in control of your food choices, right? So that's evidence that decision-making is affected by poor sleep, right? And the other one is hormone imbalance. Now, this is a very broad topic because our hormones are up shit creek with the quality of the water that we drink. Um, and the, by quality, what I mean by that is the um, all of the, the different chemicals and things that are found in modern day water are disrupting our hormones, but also the food environment, the air, the the stuff we're breathing in, brake dust and fumes from cars and planes and that type of thing. And so there's a lot of things, stress and sleep are two of them that contribute to hormone imbalance. And the way to think about this inside your body is to think about it like the, the guy that's stacking the shelves at the supermarket, he's drunk. <laughs> There's no organization. He's just putting shit everywhere and it doesn't make sense and they're not stacked correctly. And that's the way to think about hormone imbalance. So whenever you go and do anything good or unhelpful for your body, helpful or harmful is the little thing I like to say, the the, the guy's still drunk. The hormones are still drunk. So it doesn't matter whether it's good or bad. Your drunk um, shelf stacker inside your body is just sending things all over the place. And again, contributed to by sleep and stress, right? And the fourth one that I've got here is emotional and binge and overeating. You, you might be able to survive with willpower for you know a couple of weeks or a couple of months and be this different version of yourself, which is fantastic. But if we haven't dealt with the thing that you're using willpower to get away from, then eventually when the willpower, willpower disappears because you're stressed, because your hormones are up shit creek, or you're underslept, then guess what? You slingshot back to this place where you go back to your emotional eating, binge eating, or overeating. And you're stuck in this pattern and this cycle for a long time. So I think these are four of the biggest reasons why diets don't work for people. Stress is a part of it. Sleep is a part of it. Hormone imbalance is a part of it. And emotional binge and overeating is a part of it. And I think that the reason that I'm you know, doing this episode today and the reason I'm passionate about what I do is because I believe that my programs and my services and what I'm trying to do when I help people is address these four areas. It's very difficult to do um, because there's a lot of stuff going on there. But what I meant to say, sorry, is it's very difficult to do in a short amount of time, which is why I'm very anti the anti-diet culture, you know, kind of vibe, um, which is like, we don't want to be going on four week, you know, starvation diets or 28 day challenges or any of that kind of stuff. And sure, some of those things have got their place, but the reality is they often do more harm than good because we're short term, it works. And then long term, we've done some damage and, and every single time it gets harder and harder to turn the ship round because when you put that kind of stress on your body, it says next time that situation comes along, we're going to try even harder to protect ourselves, even though we're throwing ourselves into these situations. So on top of all of that, make sure you get clear on the goal. What does work this diet working mean for you? What does it mean when it's failed? Being clear on that's going to be really helpful as well. So these are some of the reasons why diets may not have worked for you before. And you might have to go about it a lot slower. You might have to go about it in a healthier way. You might have to really not starve yourself. And here's the uncomfortable truth. In some situations, you might need to go back to maintenance or eating a little more in order to just condition your body to be like, hey, it's okay. We actually trust this person to give us nutrition. And a lot of, pe- a lot of people's bodies need that after a long time or years or decades in starva- starvation, deprivation, diet, culture vibes because they're so underfed and undernourished that we need to catch up on that before we can actually achieve whatever the health goal is that they showed up for in the, in the first place. So. 
If you've learned something from this episode, please give it a share with anybody that you think needs to hear about it. Or if you know a friend or family member that's been frustrated by all of their attempts to make healthy change, then this episode might might open a conversation or have a light bulb moment for that individual so that they can understand themselves a little better and hopefully move them towards change. And remember too, if you want to have a chat about any of the programs that I run, scroll down to the show notes, click the link and let's have a conversation. And in the meantime, I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use. And we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much. And I'll see you on the next episode. Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavor to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.